today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right. Uh, sad to hear the passing of reggae legend, pioneer Bunny Whaler, uh, died at the age of 73. Bunny was the original founding member of the Whalers. Uh, Bob Marley, Peter Tosh, uh, all in that band at one point or another. Uh, and, of course, uh, Bunny very much a, uh, a hero back in his homeland of Jamaica. Let's bring in Eric Alper, music expert. He's with us now. Eric, thanks for the time. Hope you're well. Yeah, everything's great, man. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, interesting how the story behind the Whalers, the story behind reggae music, and how the, these people literally promoted this music to the world and, and introduced it to the world. It's astounding. Um, and, and it's probably a style of music that will never be able to repeat how the history happened and, and, and the popularity of it, where you know, it kind of reggae music comes from ska. It comes from, you know, the music of the people of Jamaica. And it's very much a community spirit. In fact, Peter Tosh and Bunny and Bob Marley were all friends since childhood. In fact, they were so close that Bob Marley's mother actually lived with Bunny's father for a period of time. And this was the, the dance hall music, the party music of the day. They didn't have pop music. They didn't have gospel in the way that, say, Memphis, Tennessee, or music up here would. They had to literally kind of create their own style of music. And then, of course, with the help of, of Island Records, one of the biggest record labels mm. of them all, um, who signed Bob Marley and the Whalers and brought them to the forefront. And, you know, imagine not really hearing about this music, and you're in America, and you grew up with jazz music. You grew up with gospel and R&B, and all of a sudden, this stretching of all of those styles of music combined creates reggae, and you can dance to it, and it makes you feel good, and it's the music of choice when you're getting high in the 50s and 60s and 70s. That's where the popularity really started to explode. How did North America discover reggae? I think for a lot of people, the first taste of reggae music that they heard might have been Eric Clapton's version of I Shot the Sheriff, which yeah. Bob Marley had done before. And that's, you know, it's not a, it's not an unknown story of, of white musicians bringing black music to the forefront. But sometimes that's, that's what record labels and, and artists had to do in order to make it palatable, to get it heard on the radio was to have more middle-of-the-road artists do it. You know, you and I have talked in the past about people like Pat Boone doing Tutti Fruity by Little Richard yeah. in order to bring it to a whole new audience that made R&B music acceptable for them. If you just kind of shaved off the edges a little bit um, and made it made it more and I think that's what Eric Clapton did with I Shot the Sheriff. And then when Bob Marley came along, um, his his first show in America was so important it was the it was such a heightened experience because people in america had heard of bob marley they had heard of the whalers they knew the music but people like bunny whaler didn't tour at all i mean i think his first show in new york city happened in 1986 he completely shut out the selling out part of the music industry so for a lot of people bob marley was the king of reggae because he was the one who worked it. He was the one who went on tour, worked with the record labels, did the interviews. Peter Tosh just 
was like the militant one. He wanted to yeah. burn everything down. Yeah. Bob yeah. Marley was the one that was more humanist. Peter taught, and when Bunny Wheeler was like, I'm just going to sit at home and be a mystic in Jamaica. And that's exactly what he did for pretty much most of his life. The interesting thing, you know, you talk about the, the 60s and the 70s when this started to be core, become more commercially viable. Uh, songs like Johnny Nash's I Can See Clearly Now. Bob Marley was never commercially viable. Uh, certainly not as slick as the Johnny Nash's of the world. It, it's odd that something that was so traditional took off the way it, it did as opposed to a slicker version like a Johnny Nash. It, it, it's astounding when you look at the Billboard album chart today where you still see Bob Marley's legend on the chart after 500 weeks. Um, and there's no other album from him that has achieved that. At least if you look at the popularity of the most successful albums of all time, the Eagles are number one, but they also have Hotel California on that chart of the 10 biggest albums of all time. Michael Jackson is on there, but he's also sold 100 million copies, both solo and with the Jacksons. So the fact that people love reggae music sometimes what they're really talking about is that they love bob marley and the whalers and that they may not know all the rest of the history and that's okay they may not know about peter tosh's solo work or his work with the rolling stones or or you know um maybe it's the harder they come or how many rivers to cross um by by jimmy cliff and they know the really popular stuff because hit radio still plays those songs but for bob marley it's almost like he's he's so much larger than the style of music itself. He stands for things like the love and the peace and the family and the atmosphere that he brings to the music. It's almost like he's a concept rather than an actual human being. Hmm. Interesting. That's an interesting point. Uh, Eric Elper with us, music expert, uh, reggae pioneer, Bunny Whaler, died at the age of 73, founding member of the Whalers. Uh, Eric, as always, thank you so much for the time. Be well. You too. Thanks for having me, Scott. We'll talk soon. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.